0: And welcome to Wellness Bites with Gauri, where we discuss topics related to Ayurveda, nutrition, and wellness. The purpose of this podcast is to create awareness about how we can bring our bodies back into balance with wellness. Each episode of Wellness Bites contains wonderful information on foods that heal Ayurveda, nutrition for mind and body, health and well-being through this platform we will be inviting health and wellness experts sharing their wisdom and professionals from our community to share their mantra for fitness hi i'm your host gauri junarkar founder of Ion nutrition inviting you to get inspired by these talks to work towards your self-care stay tuned and keep listening to wellness bites with gauri Welcome to another episode of Wellness Bites with Gauri. Hi, I'm Gauri Janarkar. I'm a founder of Ayur Nutrition and holistic and integrative wellness practice here in Dallas Fort Worth. And in today's episode, I'm really, really excited to have a wonderful and a very special guest, Dr. Vaidya Manjari Nadkarni. She's not only an MD um, in Ayurveda, but also she's a registered holistic nutritionist I'm really, very excited uh, to talk a lot more about and and dig deeper into some of the her expertise today. So welcome Dr. Uh, Manjiri Natkani today to our uh, Wellness Bites with Gauri. And uh, we're going to dive a a little more deeper into hormones and things today. So Manjiri, tell us a little more about yourself and what makes Manjiri unique.
1: That's a very interesting question. First of all, thank you so much for having me here. And it is an honor, you know, to be on this platform with you. So what makes Manjiri unique is, you know, I try to simplify things for me. I was very complicated, you know, I think growing up and um, I would like complex things, but right now, since I came to Canada, one of my biggest missions is to bring Ayurveda to everyone. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the people that I work with, a lot of my clientele is, you know, uh, I'm, I live in a small town called Sarnia. It's a city of now about 90,000 population, but people were not familiar with Ayurveda. And people think that Ayurveda is something extreme. They have to change their diet or start chanting. So one of the things is, you know, I bust all those myths and I tweak Ayurveda in a way that everybody can implement it without having to undergo drastic changes in your lifestyle. You know, so i think this is what makes me unique and um, as per ayurveda everybody is unique already so i don't really need to you know find more reasons but yeah i love what i do i'm super passionate i'm really passionate about hormones the topic we're going to discuss today because my own journey with ayurveda started with um being a patient or being a teenager who was massively overweight and who had hormonal issues which were not diagnosed at all until I found an Ayurvedic Vaidya who helped helped me lose over 30 pounds of weight, who completely transformed my life. And I was also an angry young child. So from being an angry young child and an angry young teenager, I suddenly became this calm Zen person, you know, implementing Ayurveda. So I think that's my story also is something that makes me um, unique and very blessed to have experienced Ayurveda firsthand before you know, getting into the trainings. Yeah.
0: So wonderful, uh, Manju. It's, it's really nice to know, you know, that you simplify a lot of these concepts because that's one of the things I've heard a lot with a lot of my clients as well. You know, when they say, when they think and they think about Ayurveda, it's more complicated and there's a lot of, you know, a lot of uh, rules and things to follow. So, which is nice to hear that, you know, you simplify things for a lot of your clients and make it easy into biteable bits where they can, you know, yeah, it's easy for them to use in things. Okay. So one of the things that comes to my mind, Manjee, since we're going to talk more about the hormones and things, is uh, what happens when our hormones are imbalanced and what is the impact on our health?
1: So for understanding hormonal imbalances, you know, we first have to delve a little bit into what exactly hormones are, right? So according to modern um, medicine, you know, or modern physiology, hormones are chemicals that are secreted by your endocrine system. And that send messages to different organs and tissues throughout the body. And once they're released in your bloodstream, they're going to travel to this target organ or tissue, which has receptors that recognizes the hormone. And then they bring about change. So the changes could be growth. It could be metabolism. It could be helping with fertility. It could be sleep right? So basically hormones maintain the entire, you know, mechanism of the body as well as the homeostasis. An example is, you know, our sleep-wake cycles are also deeply tied to melatonin hormone which helps us sleep and any disruption in that is going to give you insomnia. Um, Fertility or even sexual maturation, you know, women having a regular monthly cycle is also a function of hormones. And hormones not only have a physical impact on your body and the maturation of body cells, but they also have an emotional impact on your entire, you know, being. And there are different hormones in the body. You know, we talk about thyroid as a hormone, which is going to um, maintain your body temperature, maintain a good weight, you know, um, there is, there are stress hormones, which are activated in the fight flight free cycle. So different hormones are going to carry on different functions of the body and hormones being in balance is extremely crucial because once they are disrupted you can you know create a lot of havoc in the body just because of the disrupted hormones so it's extremely extremely important to be able to balance it Mm -hmm. and because they affect everything you know they're going to affect your sleep they're going to affect your uh, mood they're going to affect your weight they're going to affect the levels of inflammation your body has you know so disrupted hormones can pretty much create lots of harm in your body and not just the body but as i said also the mind and emotions so they can eventually create issues with your relationships as well they can eventually create you know um, issues in you kind of conceiving so there are so many repercussions to having imbalanced hormones and Again, hormonal imbalances would depend on what kind of hormone we are talking about, you know, because there are so many different ones. So each one is going to show different signs and symptoms.
0: Hmm. That, is, that is very interesting to know, you know, uh, you know the effect of hormones and, you know, um, you know with the imbalance, the impact on the health. So uh, one of the questions also is that since hormones have an impact on the health, are there certain factors that would actually impact or that would cause the hormones to go out of balance?
1: if we don't maintain our daily routines in ayurveda you know we stress upon the sharia we stress upon you know um maintaining a good diet lifestyle sleep so there are simple factors that can have a huge impact on the hormone and with ayurveda we talk about you know three main pillars of health so we talk about the diet we talk about sleep as well as we talk about energy so managing these three are going to make sure your hormones are in balance but if you have any issues related to your diet if you suddenly start eating a lot of sugary foods for example you know you are going to start producing a lot more insulin and you know after a period of time your insulin receptors on the cells get desensitized to massive amounts of insulin and then you start developing something called diabetes right so that could be one function when it comes to diet. On the other hand, if you are not having enough nutrients in your diet, an example is, you know, iodine, which is responsible for, the conver- uh, for thyroid hormones, mm-hmm. right? The function of thyroid hormones, if you don't have enough of that, or even if you're eating, but you're not picking it up, so that is going to not make enough hormones, you know, so you could suffer from the lack of it. Sleep, our sleep cycles are extremely important because your body also detoxifies in the sleep cycle. Mm. So uh, if you are staying up late at night, you know, it could lead to imbalances in also your cortisol, which is your stress hormone, as well as female hormones too, right? So there are going to be different repercussions based on each and every hormone that you have to deal with in your body and diet, you know, having a well-rounded diet according to Ayurvedic principles that is specifically aligned with you. I see so many hormonal diets and hormonal detoxes in the Mm -hmm. market, which are like the flavor of season, you know, some diet suddenly becomes really popular and everybody does that or everybody follows a certain detox protocol for hormones. But if you make sure you're having a well-rounded diet for your unique body type, if you maintain that you're sleeping well, and if you are being really protective about your energy as well, physical energy, mental energy, emotional energy, and investing it well, these three pillars of Ayurveda, if you follow them right, you can really balance your hormones. And if you, um, work against these, you know, or if you overdo certain things, or if you absolutely don't sleep or oversleep, you know, that can disrupt everything for you. Mm
0: -hmm. So very interesting to know now how these different factors actually, you know, would impact our hormones and how it can have them go out of balance. Since, um, you know, you have an expertise in Ayurveda as well. uh, One of the questions also is, does Ayurveda talk about hormones and how would you actually correlate the hormones in Ayurvedic terms? So
1: the term hormones is not really used, you know, in Ayurvedic medicine, because Ayurveda is like an ancient medicine over 5000 years old. And I think the term hormones was derived somewhere in, I think, 1960s, or I'm kind of not sure about the time, but much later in, you know, um, ages. So Ayurveda does not specifically talk about hormone as such, but Ayurveda talks about three core principles operating in your body, three bioenergies known as Vata-dosh, Pitta-dosh and Kapha-dosh. So these are three things that have to be balanced at all times. You know, they have to be in harmony uh, within the body. They have to be balanced in the body. So these doshas can be understood as the bio energies, and Pitta is the fiery energy, mm. which can be connected to hormones. Mm. Now, Ayurveda also talks about Agni, which is the metabolic principle in your entire body. Hmm. And there are certain metabolic principles operating at different tissue levels. In Ayurveda, we talk about Saptadhatu or seven layers of tissues. Hmm. So the metabolic principles in each of the tissues that is receiving the hormones or, you know, uh, creating the changes within the body can also be understood as dhatvagni, which can be loosely correlated to the hormones. So Pitta or the Agneya, objects, you know, which are fiery in nature or, you know, So these are some loosely linked terms to hormones according to Ayurvedic
0: principles. That is, that is just um, really great, you know, when you think about, you know, how Ayurveda has been talking about some of these terms, may not be the exact terms, but has been talking about the functions, uh, you know, and how they actually affect, you know, the function in the body and things, and how Ayurveda personalizes everything, you know, to your, um, to your body type and your health and wellness and things. The other question also, since you're talking about Ayurveda, is how does Ayurveda actually help with the hormone balance?
1: so this is a really good question and the answer is really simple <laughs> you know uh the first thing that we always you know do as an ayurvedic doctor is to look at the prakruti or look at the natural um dominance of doshas or you know even though there is a dosha that can be dominant in your body it is in harmony with the other doshas that's the beauty of prakruti right we talk about vata pitta kapha uh, which are the bio energies present in each and every one and for example, I am a Kapha Pitta personality, you know, dominant, but my Kapha is going to stay in harmony with a natural dominance within the body without wrecking a havoc on the Vata or the Pitta, right? But when we talk about Vikruti or any kind of imbalances, you know, one dosha exceeds in quantity mm. and then it starts affecting the other ones, right? And then it destroys the equilibrium, the mm. nice equilibrium in the body. So that is what it can destroy. And that is, you know, maintaining that equilibrium is the first step to helping a person balance hormones with Ayurveda. I'll give you a very simple example, you know, so... Uh, uh, women who is dominant in that fiery energy or pitta that we talked about, Mm. if she starts eating a diet, which has a lot of spicy foods or sour fermented foods, which are really, you know, in today, or she has a lot of acidic foods, because she Mm. loves that spices, and they give her a nice kick, you know, so she starts indulging in what we call pitta aggravating food, Mm. or she goes out, plays in the sun for a long time, or takes a sun bath, or does, you know, indulges in Mm. hot tubs, you know, this is all going to increase that agnea principle, that fiery principle of pitta in her blood, right? In her body, in her blood. And eventually that can also create excessive menstruation or menorrhagia, right? Mm-hmm. Where is severely bleeding. Now that again can be looked at as a hormonal imbalance because mm-hmm. your hormones are very important, especially for menstrual function, right? So, If you do a blood test, you will see abnormalities in the estrogen progesterone ratios, and that will be again connected to the diet that she had, which she Mm. shouldn't have had in the place. So the impact is, you know, your uterus where you're having severe bleeding, it's caused by dietary changes. Another example could be, you know, after the age of 50, for example, you know, 40 or 50, your body starts moving towards the Vata stage of life, you know? So we go towards the natural dominance where the wind factor or vata starts dominating our body. And if a woman is already vata dominant, she does not sleep well, right? And she's working late into the night, that is going to aggravate the vata even more. And that's going to create a lot more dryness in the body. You know, the mood swings are going to be pronounced. Um, She's going to feel extreme fatigue. The hair is going to be very brittle dry skin, splitting nails. So all these symptoms are going to be an impact from the Vata imbalance that she has had mm. due to the diet. And there are so many more, you know, examples I can talk about, like mm. not just women's health, but even in general, indulging in too much sugars is mm. going to, you know, which is a sweet kapha, sweet is a Kapha taste. So too much of the sweet taste is going to push your body to secrete more insulin. Any unused sugar in the body is deposited in the body as fat by this Mm -hmm. insulin, which is the sugar balancing hormone. And again, that is going to lead an increase in the fat tissue. So, you know, if you stop the root cause from happening by following a diet that is really in tune with your prakriti, that is the first key to helping a person with ayurveda balance their hormones and then looking at your stress and emotional makeup as well. you know, we only talk about the diet but in Ayurveda there is so much more complexities to the human being, you know, you are looking at the emotions, you're looking at mm-hmm. how they're using their five senses as well, you know, are they totally attached to the sensory pleasures, you know, are mm-hmm. they totally attached to different tastes where they're indulging too much in a certain taste, you know, that can lead to imbalance as well. Watching too much TV can also create anxiety in people. Right now mm-hmm. we've seen that in COVID, right? So balancing the individual through a right diet, right lifestyle, adding some meditations, you know, um, adding a good routine. So overall revamping everything about a person without changing too many things is something we can all do.
0: Mm. So that is really very interesting about you know how that Ayurveda creates that balance um, especially with the, the hormones and things and the way you explain that you know uh, with Ayurveda since everything is personalized you know the diet also should be more personalized with our prakriti and how diet becomes a lot of times the root cause you know everything just boils down to our diet and lifestyle and things. Okay. so um, other question that I have also Manjuri is that are there any Ayurvedic foods that can help with uh, hormone balance
1: so again in my opinion rather than focusing on a specific food for hormonal balance or imbalance you know you need to have an overall diet or overall good diet so you and you have to also focus on your agni that you are breaking the foods down that you're eating and you're absorbing the nutrients that make the hormones right because there are certain foods which are going to be good for, you know, balancing your stress. An example is, you know, root vegetables will provide a lot of stability. They will provide complex carbs, but they will also support, you know, balance your excess mm. hormones like adrenaline. If somebody is really triggered a vata type personality mm. for them, it will provide a lot of grounding. Mm. For a type personality to bring about a hormonal balance, avoiding excess spicy foods, avoiding extremely sour foods, fermented foods, you know, um, avoiding watching television, which is like stimulating or making you mm. angry or irritable is going to be important. So rather than focusing on specific foods for hormonal balance, I think you have to look at the entire picture.
0: That is, that is a very good point, definitely. Manjian definitely agree with that, you know, that, you know, the food should be balanced according to a person's prakriti and there's not one particular food that you would just want to focus on. It's basically based on a person's prakriti and again, looking at the imbalance and then looking at determining, you know, what food actually would actually help to balance those foods at that point of time.
1: What, sorry, one more point that I really like to add here is, you know, whenever addressing food, you know, ask yourself a question that are you eating to feed your body Mm. or your emotions or are you really eating to nourish right Mm. so if you are eating to nourish you know you're also eating your you know the food should be pleasing to all your five senses Mm. and also your palate so good food need not be dietary food or a food you know that is really good for you need not be told by somebody else you know that okay have this many amount of greens or You know, it looks healthy, but you absolutely hate it. It is not going to work for you, right? So you have to, like the food has to nourish you, you know, nourish your entire being, including your emotions and your mind and not just, you know, um, feed your body. Because I see two kinds of people in my practice, either Mm. people who indulge too much and who, you know, look at food as a solution for their emotional overwhelm. Mm. And then there are the other kind of people who are, extremely healthy in the modern world or the modern concept of health you know they don't have any conditions diagnosed they work out maybe you know an hour every single day but they look at food as just something that's going to feed myself you know they don't look at it as nourishment right Mm. so you have to change your perspective and that will really help balance the hormones as well because again your emotions are also going to create changes within the hormones
0: that is a wonderful point you pointed out, Manjiri. You know when you talked about, especially how we look at food. Are we looking at as nourishment? Are we looking at something just to feed our emotions, or are we eating just for our uh, for our emotions? Are we eating our own emotions? So that is a wonderful point you definitely uh, talked about, and that brings me to the next question, which is related to that: is does stress impact our hormones, and how does it actually impact our health?
1: So stress. Is something that is the next new pandemic that we were facing even before the COVID pandemic started, right? Uh, every time we see clients in our practice, you know everybody's stress and you stress is important. So a st- decent amount of stress is going to push you into action. If you don't have a deadline, you're not going to complete the project, right? But if there's so much stress that you're paralyzed with anxiety, you can't even start the project because you're like, oh, my God, I don't know how it's going to work out. Am I going to be able to do it? Then that is distress. Right. Sure. So any time you feel distressed, your body goes into this fight, flight mode yeah. and either it wants to fight it out or run away. And this is something that's rooted in our, you know, days when we were hunter gatherers so as soon as um, in the olden days we would see a tiger or a bear or an animal which would make us a prey Mm. would suddenly have these hormones you know rush in and they would make you run away as fast as you can or they would draw all the blood to your extremities and they would make you focus and you would fight the animal and either kill it or die in the attempt right
0: Mm.
1: nowadays the response happens constantly you are late to work your computer isn't working uh, you missed a deadline you missed a phone call or you know your kids have to be ready for school and you're stressing about it right mm. so we live in a time where you know this stress response is continued from one thing to the other mm. and that is going to create a lot of issues on the body an example is you know adrenaline which makes you that fight flight um ready Mm. is going to increase your heart rate, it's going to increase your blood pressure, it's going to boost your energy supplies by breaking the muscle down into sugar in your body, Mm. right? Cortisol, again, primary hormone, that's what it does. And it also uses, like, it enhances your brain's use of glucose, you know. Mm. So what's going to happen when you're in this fight flight mode, it's going to take away from the rest and digest system, which is your normal for the body, right? Mm -hmm. So stress system of course we need it in emergencies, but we don't need it operating on a daily basis. The daily basis, we need a system which is known as parasympathetic, which is a rest and digest system, mm. where you are digesting well, all the digestive juices are secreted well, your agni mm. functions optimally because of this rest digest system, and your body is not you know, agitated or you know, mm. irritated or angry. But, As I mentioned before, you know, if you're constantly feeling attacked or if you're constantly feeling that you have to respond or be pushed to an extreme, this long-term activation of the stress response and overexposure to cortisol and other stress hormones are going to disrupt all your body processes. Eventually Mm. you end up with anxiety or depression or digestive problems, you know, IBS, very common thing today irritable bowel syndrome but most of the cases or IBS can be connected to an extremely stressful period in their life you know that's when it started headaches migraines any kind of heart disease you know sleep problems weight gain hormonal imbalances where you know your estrogen progesterone is off balance you're not making enough progesterone because you're making more cortisol which is kind of helping your body just function and mm-hmm. maintain right now, you know, uh, maintain this stressful situation or just function in the stressful situation. Again, eventually it's going to lead to memory as well as concentration issues, cognitive impairment. So long-term activation of the stress response is going to be really detrimental to your body. Mm-hmm. And after a while, you know, you start just feeling ex- tired, you know, extremely fatigued and extremely overwhelmed at every little thing, you know. Mm. So there are some symptoms that can be seen.
0: Wonderfully explained, Manjee. Absolutely great explanation. You know, the stress impact and especially how it affects our health and especially how it's connected. You know, when I look at it, it's basically like it becomes like a big cycle. It's not only connected to our digestive health, but, you know, it's overall health and things. And again, you know, a lot of time there's weight gain and things associated with that and things. So see a lot of that, you know, that the stress impact, see a lot of that cycle coming in as well um since we're talking about the hormones uh, one of the questions i wanted to ask is related to uh, weight management as well is are there any ayurvedic foods or Ayurvedic spices that can actually help with weight management
1: so in ayurveda we look at the quality of foods as well like people focus on the quantity of foods in the modern world mode, you know it's either about calorie counting so how much quantitative calories you have or how many portions are you taking? But we have to focus on the quality of foods, especially when we're looking at weight management. The simplest example I can give you is if you look at a piece of steak which is really dense and heavy, right? Mm. And if you put it on a weighing scale, and for the same amount like of weight, you know, maybe like eight ounces, you're going to put vegetables or leafy greens, you're going to get tons of leafy greens in those eight ounces, right? Yeah. So The simplest concept of understanding something that's heavy versus something that's light,
0: right? So
1: you eat a lot more lighter foods. They're also going to be easily digested without creating a lot of inflammation. And this is the very basic principle of how, you know, weight loss can work, but weight loss is not as easy. You know, it is way more complex uh, than, you know, just eating salads or leafy greens. So one thing is you have to look at, you know, the quality of foods. You have to look at foods that are nourishing you rather than just, you know, eating something that's light. You know, an example is um, too many salads. If you go on a mm. salad diet for two weeks, you are going to crave the nutrients because your body is not getting enough nutrients through them. Mm. You know? Definitely you'll get magnesium through your leafy greens but you might not get any kind of iodine Mm. so now you start craving for different foods and that shows up as intense cravings right Mm. but on the other hand if you have a balanced diet that's really going to support your body and for any kind of obesity you know it is again important to have lighter foods, again, in decent quantities, not overeat. But the key is also to add spices and improve mm. the agni or metabolic function in the body. Uh, some simple herbs can be used are fenugreek. Fenugreek is one of my favorite, it works weight mm. management. Um, It increases pitta a little bit, but it's really going to be, you know, good for your body. You can soak a few seeds and chew them first thing in the morning. You can add spices, which are a little bit sharper, you know, so things like cinnamon or cloves can be added to your diet and they're going to stimulate your body more. They're going to push your body to create more digestive juices. Again, ginger is fantastic, you know, um, Turmeric is another spice which really reduces inflammation. In obesity, we see low-grade inflammation Mm. throughout the body. So turmeric as a spice is going to help with that as well.
0: Hmm. So great. I mean, really nice. um, You know, you touched really well on, you know, uh, when it comes to different foods um, and also spices and how actually it can help with weight management. Now, one of the things, since um, you also touched upon inflammation as well, and we talked about stress and that, you know, it can cause a lot of time, the chronic inflammation in the body. Are there any food, Ayurvedic foods, especially uh, for uh, chronic inflammation?
1: So, as I mentioned, you know, having um, turmeric is one of the best spices. Right now, when it comes to inflammation, because i work worked with a lot of food allergies, you know, mm-hmm. making sure that you're cutting out, all the foods that you're either allergic, intolerant, or sensitive to. An example is, you know, wheat is usually something that most people react to nowadays, not because Mm. it is bad, but because your digestive system cannot handle it. So Mm. taking that out of your diet is going to lower the inflammation. So my first strategy always when it comes to inflammation is look at the root cause, look at the foods that are feeding inflammation specifically for you. Mm. And when you take this out, you know, we talk about it as Nidan Parivarjan, so stopping the very root cause of what's mm. causing the issue. And that is going to lower the inflammation. And this is one of the simplest things I use in my practice. Um, there are various tests available, you know, you can do a blood test for, you know, food sensitivities, or you can do applied kinesiology, muscle testing for sensitivities, mm. but it is about taking the food that you are specifically reacting to out of your diet. It could be whey or casein, which are the milk proteins. Um, I often hear about people, you know, going on lactose free milk, but most people don't react to lactose as an, as a sensitivity. It's more a deficiency of lactose, right? But a lot of children as well as adults I see in my practice do react to the proteins found in milk nowadays because of how it's been inflamed. Now, if you are, okay with milk you know if you are your body is fine with it if you're drinking good quality organic milk that is fine too you know a kapha person is again going to need that Mm. um, abstinence from milk whereas a vata person is going to thrive on milk so Mm. again Mm. um, inflammation is again very a subjective thing when we look Mm. at different people but Taking the general inflammatory foods that you see today, avoiding any kind of preservatives, avoiding any kind of chemicals in the food is going to be the very first step of lowering inflammation. And then you can add foods like rice or brown rice, for example, is hypoallergenic. You know, oats Mm. are not something that are very allergenic in nature, right, Mm -hmm. as compared to wheat. Or you can go for goat's milk, which is easily digestible alternative to Mm -hmm. cow milk and is also a little bit less allergenic than, you know, cow milk. So um, those are some simple tips that you can implement.
0: Mm. So that's, that's wonderful, um, you know, tips that you provided uh, Manjri and you touched based on, especially with the inflammation, chronic inflammation, some of the foods and things uh, we talked about as well. Um, What, um. Are there any other wellness tips and things that you would like to share with our audience today?
1: Yeah, so one thing is, you know, that I really love to tell people is to have regular check ins with yourself. You know, every single day, maybe at least three or four times a day, try to check in with yourself and see how you're feeling. You know, are you hungry? How is your body functioning? Do you feel any aches or pains here or there? Are you having any digestive symptoms? emotionally like depending on what you're going through if you're yeah. having a lot of emotional issues right now maybe check in and see what's your anxiety level at and yeah. what can you do what is the one simple thing you can do to provide relief to yourself you know and this is how you will start on your own wellness journey you know we're talking about wellness bites with Gauri so I hope everybody <laughs> Start on their wellness journey but one of the keys is to check in with yourself Unfortunately, we are so disconnected with ourselves. You know, Mm. we look at hormones and then we track our symptoms back, you know? So when you look at a test and your doctor says, okay, your hormones are out of balance, then you're like, oh yes, you know, you were right. I was having this symptom, but rather than going backwards, why don't you get in touch with your body? Why don't you get in touch with your emotions, you know? Because that is the way forward. And it's a very simple way.
0: So that's a great, great tip uh, Manjuri uh, to talk about checking with yourself because a lot of times, you know, uh, we are not very mindful, especially when it comes to us and especially understanding, you know, uh, you know, those subtle cues that our body gives us and listening to our body. So that is a wonderful tip that you have provided about, you know, checking with yourself and actually listening to our body. Since, you know, we're talking about wellness and things. So let's talk a little more about, you know, what is your personal health and wellness routine that you would like to share?
1: So my personal health and wellness routine is, you know, I wake up and I do a 10 minute simple meditation. Sometimes, you know, if I wake up with a big to-do list, I try not to get to the list later in the day. Every morning, I'll just wake up with a simple meditation. It could be a 10 minute meditation where you sit down and try to meditate on your own or you can use an app like Calm or Headspace. And that's my first thing. Um, I usually pray in the morning, you know, so a little short prayer as soon as I wake up, and just being grateful for, you know, another chance at life, another day, which is so beautiful. And in the morning, I actually spend a lot of time with my plants, you know, I have a lot of herbs growing in my home. So this is like, my second walking meditation is I'll go and check in with all my plants. And Um, Being an Ayurvedic doctor, I'm pretty intimately connected to my herbs. So I have ginger growing in my home right now. In Canada, it's minus 18 degrees outside, but I have turmeric, ginger, rosemary, and I'll go and connect with my plants. I'll just thank them for all the beauty that they do. And this is how I typically start my day.
0: That is so wonderful, Manjee, especially when you talked about, you know, my, you know, meditation and, you know, you talked about, you know, dating, you, know your, you walk around, you know, around with plants and things, you know, so that is just great, great tips for, you know, sharing your personal uh, wellness journey as well. Okay? Do you want to um, share any update or any events that's coming up in your practice?
1: So for me, one of the things that I do is I do regular Facebook lives and you can follow me at the rate Manjiri Ayurveda, where I am either interviewing different experts on Saturdays or Wednesdays, you know, I'll have a wellness Wednesday, where I talk about different topics and give you simple implementable tips. And if you need more information on me, you can also follow me on www.manjirinadakarni.com. Um, I I have a few things in the plan right now, but I'm not releasing those till the end of March. So yeah, but I have lots of goodies on my website, or even my YouTube channel, Dr. Manjiri Narkhani, has lots of information information on different Ayurvedic um, herbs as well as protocols. So please join me there.
0: Okay, that's that's really great, Manjri. So if people want to seek out, you know. Um, to you for your expertise and your, uh, I mean, consultation things. Um, uh, is there a, I mean, should they call you directly or how should they contact you?
1: So you can email me at namaste at the rate manjirinadkarni.com. And that's how you can email me or you can, you just have to head to my website and you can find a contact form, which is really easy and just fill it out and get in touch with me. Or just ping me on any of the social media places that I am and I'll be more than happy to help you.
0: That is absolutely great, Manjri. So it was wonderful, um, you know, talking to you and discussing especially, you know, the hormones and hormone imbalance and things. We touched base a lot on especially the Ayurvedic perspective. And that was really nice to know, you know, through the Ayurveda perspective, what it means for the hormone imbalance. And we also talked about different foods and things. And you shared great uh, tips. So thank you, Manjri. Thank you so much for being on our um, on a podcast um, interview today. And um, I hope all of you also have gained, you know, uh, through uh, Mandri's expertise as well. So keep listening to our Wellness Bites with Gauri. The podcast is available on our website, which is www.iunutrition.com podcast. It is also available on Apple Podcasts as well as Google Podcasts and things as well. So thank you so much. And um, it was always a pleasure to have you, Manjari. You so
1: much. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Okay. Thank you so much. You can now listen to our podcast interviews and podcast episodes on our website, www.iunutrition.com slash podcast. You can also listen to these episodes on Apple Podcasts Google Podcasts. These are also available on Spotify, Stitcher, and many more channels. You can also access our Wellness Bites with Corey episodes on our YouTube channel at Ionutrition. So don't forget to like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram at Ionutrition, as well as subscribe to our YouTube channel at Ionutrition.